We are presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. But together at WinBet, Eric Allen at the NFL Scouting Combine with ESPN's Jordan Reed. Jordan, thanks so much for stopping by. How has it been working at ESPN, by the way? Well, it's been great. I just started in November. I transitioned from the Draft Network, which is where I was the previous two years. But it's been great just being back inside the Combine. We missed this type of element last year. So just being here is a great feeling. So a lot of folks at home, a lot of young people are interested in a position like the one that you currently have. How did you get into scouting as far as now you're doing it at ESPN? Yeah, so my background is a little bit different. I came from kind of an unconventional story. I actually played at a small school called North Carolina Central University, which is about five minutes away from Duke. It's a small HBCU in North Carolina. I played there from 2010 to 2013. I was a quarterback, started for three years out of the four years I was there. Got into coaching right after that. I coached for five years, coached quarterbacks and running backs on my alma mater. And then I just wanted to figure out a way to combine journalism and the NFL draft. I always loved the NFL draft when I was growing up, back when it was two or two days long. Mm-hmm. If you remember that, oh, it was a marathon. But I was that kid that sat in front of the TV, sat there and digested it the entire time from start to finish. My parents would literally have to tell me, hey, man, just go outside and play. Just get out from in front of that TV. So I've always loved the NFL draft, but – I wanted to figure out a way to combine journalism and the NFL draft. So I took a chance in 2018, started freelancing a little bit, started a Twitter account, and it ended up working out for me. It certainly has. That's great. Uh, give me a scouting report. Jordan Reed, the quarterback. Yeah. So very skinny kid, about five foot 11, 180 pounds when he first got to college. Grew a little bit, um, ended up being about six foot and a half. And his final year, he played at about 210 pounds. Not an overly strong arm, but was extremely accurate, can work inside and outside of the pocket. But the best part of him was just his leadership abilities and then just the presence that he has. Jets aren't looking for a quarterback, but I'll ask you about the class as a whole. When we get to April, do you think one or two of these guys actually have their names called in the first round? Yeah, I think so. I feel comfortable with three guys probably going in the first round right now. That would be Liberty's Malik Willis, Pittsburgh's Kenny Pickett, and then also Ole Miss Matt Corral. I think those three have a chance of going in the first round that I feel good about right now. Then you have some more wild cards after that. We have Sam Howell from North Carolina Mm -hmm. who could go in the first round. Then also Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. He has some fans out there too. Any teams do you think would target the Jets at number 10 to try to get up there and make sure they get the quarterback who's atop their board? I think the Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, excuse me, at 20 overall. I think they're a team that obviously is in the quarterback market. I don't think Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins are going to be the long-term starter there. We know Ben Roethlisberger just retired, so they need a long-term solution there. So it wouldn't be surprising if the Steelers at 20 look to trade up. What do you think about the Jets at number four, your latest mock draft? You have them taking North Carolina State offense alignment, Icky Quano, and I'll tell you what, Aquano was so impressive today when he spoke to the media. He was, yeah. So I got a chance to see Icky play live against the Wake Forest. That was my first interaction with him, and he was all business from start to finish. I thought he was great in that game. And then the great thing about the combine is you get to see these guys with their helmets off, and you get to know their personality a little bit. So he's talking about how he was in the chorus at school. He ran track. Just just a, a fruitful type of personality and that's the type of stuff that you really fall in love with and I just can only imagine what Joe Douglas and all these other executives are going through when they're interviewing all of these kids but with Aquano he has such a great personality as you saw with at the podium with them you know what I was thinking today is 
is he going to get to four? Yeah. Does Jacksonville look at Aquano and say, yeah. let's put him in front of Trevor Lawrence? Right, yeah. I mean, that's a possibility. I think it's between him and Alabama's Evan Neal. Mm -hmm. Right now, I think those are your two, as far as poll leaders in the poll position right now. To be the number one overall pick, I think it's going to be an offensive tackle. we we'll see who, who it ends up being between those two. But I think those are your two guys at the top right now. Aquano, he can play guard. He can play tackle. He was asked today. He pictures himself as a left tackle. Where on the next level, where do you think he is pass protection wise? Because he's a mauler in the run game. Yeah. We know that. And he was honest about it in his assessment. He said, well, I got to refine some things there, but I'm willing to do that. Yeah. And I think that's the great thing about it is that with Aquano, he brings such a different type of play temperament. He's one of those dudes you can build an offensive line around. And we know what Makai Becton is capable of as far as from a physicality standpoint. I think him and Icky would have a really good bond together as far as just mauling guys in the running game. But he's exactly right. He has some things that he needs to clean up from a pass protection standpoint. He's so athletic. What he does is he oversets a lot. So he overruns the defensive end coming up the field, and they just end up crossing back over his inside shoulder. So little things like that he needs to clean up. So that's interesting. So in that respect, his athleticism can actually work against him. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy to think that as an <laughs> offensive lineman, right? And then also in your mock draft, you go the Jets. I believe this is your first receiver off your board, Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. How do you stack up the top, top guys there, including Wilson and USC's Drake London? Yeah, so Drake is my number three guy right now behind Garrett Wilson and then also Traylon Burks. Those are my top two guys right now. I think both or excuse me, I think Traylon is going to test really well. I think Garrett is probably going to have some really good testing numbers too. But Wilson reminds me a lot of Stephon Diggs when mm -hmm. he was coming out of Maryland. And obviously, he's going to be a much higher pick than what Diggs was. He went in the fifth round. So Wilson, I don't see how he gets outside of the first round, honestly. But he's my wide receiver one right now. Just the body control, the hands, just how decisive and creative he is as a route runner. I think he has all the traits to create a Wilson to Wilson connection. Oh, I love that. Uh, when I think of Diggs, I think of one of the best route runners yeah. in football. Does Wilson have that kind of feet? Yeah, yeah. He's just smooth overall. And, you know, some people like to compare him and Olave. I don't really like to get into the comparison game, but as far as just a route running technician, I think he has it all. He can get open, he creates separation. And even when he doesn't create separation, he can go up and get those contested balls. Do you like the thought in this? projection you got the jets adding somebody in front of wilson adding somebody outside do you like the thought of hey getting a piece along that offensive line continuing to fortify that line but getting wilson another weapon joe douglas added elijah moore last year Corey davis and free agency yeah. of course got some work to do at the tight end position but a lot of people are thinking receiver here for the jets early in the draft whether that be in the first round or early in the second yeah i mean the great thing for the jets is that you have four picks inside of the top 38 so you can add some really good football players in that range and joe douglas has done a great job as far as drafting and just adding talent to the roster and i think the jets are still in that stage of where they need to just simply add talent but Taking Zach Wilson number two overall, you want to figure out a way to set him up for to be able to succeed. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about a high draft pick and a quarterback, you want to figure out to surround, figure out a way to surround him with weapons. What do you think of Wilson last year, and what's next for him? 
Yeah, I mean, it was a big adjustment for him whenever you go from BYU to the Big Apple. That's going to be a big adjustment for anybody. But I thought he settled in during the back stretch of the year. You saw him getting more comfortable. So big year, too, for him, and I'm expecting big things from him. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at WinBet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Robert Sala talked to the media and he said, we can help our young quarterback by actually getting better defensively. And we know the Jets have to get better defensively. What do you think about this edge class? I love it. I think there's a lot of depth at the top. I mean, you hear guys, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson, you hear about those two all the time, but there's plenty of other guys that could go in the first round. Jermaine Johnson, the second, is one name that you hear a lot. Arnold Ibiketti, if you're looking for a second or a third round option. My Jay Sanders is another option, too. So there's so many different depth guys. David Ajabo, as you can see, I'm just reeling off names here in this edge class. So that just speaks to the depth overall of this group. What about Trayvon Walker from Georgia? Yeah, so he's one of the more polarizing prospects that you'll see in this class. What I mean by that is there's a lot of mixed opinions about him just because at Georgia, they didn't really utilize him as that go-get-it type of edge rusher. He doesn't have a lot of reps of where he's just showing bend or being able to corner and get to the quarterback. He was more so holding at the point of attack, two-gapping when he does play inside. So I think he's going to test off the charts. But if you're just depending on the traits and relying on the traits for his projection, I mean, I don't see how he gets past Baltimore at 14. Who do you think potentially, if the Jets do go offense in the first round, who do you think potentially could be there defensively at the top of the second round? So you're talking about defensive end, probably. Uh, I think they have a huge need at defensive end. Maybe your David Ajabo, I think he possibly could be there at 10. 10 may be a little bit too rich uh, for him, but even at four, you may get a Kayvon Thibodeau. You may slip into that. So the 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 Jets should be hoping that the Texans take Kyle Hamilton at three, yeah. um, Evan Neal or Iquanu go at one, and then the Detroit ends up taking one of those defensive ends at two as well. So if Kyle Hamilton or somebody else goes at three, Kayvon Thibodeau could be on the board for the Jets. And if that happens, I think you turn the card in very quickly. Where do you stand on Hamilton? And I know people talk about premium positions in the draft. We're most of most, yeah. uh, the time talking about quarterback, yeah. cornerback, yeah. edge rusher, not safety. Yeah, so I got in a little <laughs> bit of trouble when I posted this on social media with Jets fans. It kind of came after me. And I think Kyle Hamilton's the best player in the draft. He's my top-ranked player. And the thing with Jets fans yeah. is they bring up Calvin Pryor, they bring up Jamal Adams, and all these other safeties that they have taken in the first round. But, Kyle Hamilton is so different than those guys. He has a different skill set. He can play what I like to call on the roof of the defense, which is on the third level. He can come down and be a striker as a run stopper, and then he gives you blitz value as well. So he has a three-level impact, unlike some of the other players that we saw with Pryor and then Adams, who were more so your linebacker or your blitz type of line of scrimmage players. I think Kyle Hamilton, he just unlocks everybody on the back end of that defense. Me personally, I would take him at 4 or 10. So you see him – Definitely as one of those unicorns yeah. that Salah was referring yeah. to yesterday. Yeah, just think of Derwin James yeah. and just how big of an impact that he has had. And if we go back and redraft the draft that Derwin came out in, he would be a top 10 pick without question. And I know Jets fans, you're going to get on me for taking the safety. But to your on. point, they're almost different positions when yeah. you're talking about a Jamal Adams and a Hamilton. Those guys are just totally so, different. Yeah, totally, totally different, different skill sets. Yeah, you can't you can't look at the abbreviation as far as the position in front of their name just because they're so different.
and the way Hamilton plays the game, it's almost like he's the perfect fit for modern football, right? Because yeah. he, he, he come down, he played at center field, but it, you can line him up in a lot of different places. Yeah. I mean, the Jets had seven interceptions a year ago, which is the second lowest rate in the league. <laughs> Kyle Hamilton had multiple games of where he had two-plus interceptions. You can go back and watch the Florida State game. He was outstanding in yeah. that game. The big thing with him is the knee-knees check out as far as from a medical standpoint, but he said he's fine, he's ready to go. So we'll see what happens. How about cornerbacks? What do you think about Sauce Gardner yeah. and then Stingley out of LSU? A lot of different opinions there. Where do you see the top of this group? Yeah, so at the top, you see two guys, Sauce Gardner and then also Stingley. I'll just start with Sauce. I got an opportunity to see him live against ECU. Every bit of six foot two and a half. Probably hovers around 195 to 200 pounds. We'll see what he does end up weighing in as. But just his movement skills are so special. That's the big thing about him. I mean, you go three years without allowing a touchdown. That's just an impressive resume overall. And Joe Douglas has shown a tendency to really value corners day two, day three. Yeah. So, you know, Bryce Hall is a really productive player. They got a lot out of him last year. So if they're looking for a renommate with him, I think Sauce Gardner would be a home run pick. Gardner, what's his potential? I mean, this guy, this guy, a multi-time all-pro kind yeah. of player, yeah, a, a yeah. ball hawk. You yeah, see yeah. that in him? I think he has that type of potential. And if you're just looking for a playing style comp, he kind of reminds you of Antonio Cromartie. When he was coming out of Florida State, that big, long, rangy corner that has really good movement skills. So I like him a lot. Good stuff. What do you feel about the Jets with the four in the top 38 as far as the depth in this class? Where are you going to find the most value second, third, fourth round? That's a good question. Uh, I think edge rusher obviously is deep. I think tight end, if they want to take one, they can take one in round two or round three. Trey McBride, I think I had him in my latest mock draft to the to the Jets. I, I like his fit there a lot. And I mean, there's a really this is a really good tight end class from a depth perspective. There's no TJ Hawkinson or Kyle Pitts like we have seen in years right. past. But if you're looking for those tight end twos or somebody that can come in and be a number two tight end for you. Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State is one that makes a lot of sense, too. So I think with this class, there's a lot of depth, but there's no top-end guy. You're a Carolina kid, so why don't you tell yeah. me about Isaiah Likely? Yeah, 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 Isaiah Likely. So my my older brother is actually the receivers coach at Coastal Carolina, mm -hmm. so having a lot of intel on Isaiah Likely, he just said he's a kid that just loves the game. More of your F tight end, the one you want to flex out and use as a like a wide receiver in a sense. He said he competes hard as a blocker, but that's not really the name of his game. He's going to be catching the football from day one. That's really where you want him to contribute. So if you're looking for that move tight end, kind of like a Gerald Everett type, that's kind of the player that he reminds me of. He can contribute in the passing game from day one. Do you think we can see a run on tight ends there early in the second round? I wouldn't say early in the second round. I think it's probably going to come somewhere in the top 50. But okay. once you see a couple of them go, I think you're going to see a lot of teams start to hurry up and try to get their guy. What do you think about how Joe Douglas navigated last year's draft when we talk about Wilson and Elijah Veritaker, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter? Uh, the Jets still have high hopes for Hamza Nasruddin. Yeah. Also, Jamie Sherwood. Brandon Eccles came in, third-day pick. He's out there starting for you and the Jets love what they got out of uh Michael Carter yeah the cornerback out of Duke yeah and the great thing about that is we know Joe Douglas is a very talented evaluator he has a great eye for talent and we saw that in his first draft class and I really like the way they were able to navigate the draft going up and getting an Elijah Vera Tucker who's probably going to be a long-term building block along with Elijah Moore who was a little bit banged up early on in the year but he really came into his own 
down the back stretch of the year. So I'm really excited to see what he does in this draft class because out of all the GMs, he's one that I have the most respect for as far as just an eye for talent. Let's go back to Wilson. Let's come full circle. If you go to Garrett Wilson, there's shift more, a little bit more inside than maybe we saw this year. And then you have Wilson, Corey Davis outside dynamic for you. Yeah, I love it. Having those three <laughs> guys outside, I mean, Zach Wilson has to be very happy if they end up getting Garrett Wilson and then also taking the tight end. So you just want to figure out a way to set up Zach with as many avenues to succeed as possible, just because I kind of think that's where the Jets messed up in a sense. And I know this was an old regime with Sam Darnold. They just didn't surround him with those pieces right. in order for him to succeed. So I think Joe Douglas, when he came in and he ends up selecting Zach, he want to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Jordan, give me the top two or three most polarizing figures. You mentioned Trayvon Walker before. Yeah. How about Kayvon Thibodeau? Is he included on that list? Yeah, yeah, I think so. A lot of people are going to be keying in on his testing numbers, and then you hear the effort concerns and all those things. I see a little bit of that on tape, but I think it's a little bit overblown, too. He's a really good player. Let's not overthink him. He's a top-five guy for me, and I would take him inside the top five. So, You got anybody on that list as well? Um. He's not he's where not, where people are up and down, kind of all, yeah. all across the yeah. board. Huh? I mean, he he's not testing. It's unfortunate that he's not, but Derek is oh. on that list too, just because your best ability is your availability. He missed 15 games over the past two years. Who's going to be a workout freak here this week? So keep an eye on this name. His name is <laughs> Kyler Gordon from Washington. Okay. He, he's one name just talking to some scouts around here and surveying the land of scouts and just figuring out who everybody is most excited to see test. He's the one that everybody is really excited about, expecting a 40-plus in the vert, probably low 4-4s. And then, I mean, his broad jump is supposed to be something crazy, too. And Washington has become a factory. We saw the DBs that they have produced, whether it's going all the way back to Desmond Trufant, Marcus Peters, Kevin King, the list goes on and on. Even in previous years, Elijah Molden, Taylor Rapp. There's so many names that, that have come out of Washington. He's just the next one in line. Uh Really enjoyed it. Gracious with your time. We're going to be watching you on ESPN. Absolutely. Thanks, as Thanks. always. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. We're presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. A familiar face has joined us. It's been a long time, but Matt Miller is now at ESPN. Good to see you, brother. Likewise. It's good to be back with you guys. Uh, it feels like I, I made my start in media with the New York Jets. It's, how about it's how that? Feels, huh? Right. So back in the day doing those L like many like many Jets personalities out there. Absolutely. It's it is. People say that it's like a farm system for, for media. I, I definitely believe that. Especially at your place. Definitely. Definitely is. But I, I'm excited to be back with you guys and two picks in the top 10. Like what what better year to, to talk Jets football than that? All right. So what do you want the Jets to do with those two picks in the top 10? Yeah, that's tough. I want them to go in a perfect world at four. I, I think you can almost go best player available at a position of need, right? So if Equanu is there, like I'm running that card to the board or, you know, it's a figure of speech. They call it in, but I'm calling it in like super fast. Right. And then I think at 10, you can look at who's the best defender on the board. Um, obviously I, I know this well from Jets fans on Twitter. I love you guys. They tell me all the time, like Robert Sala is not going to draft a corner in the first round. He just doesn't do it. I think people forget that he had a Hall of Famer in Richard Sherman. So it's it's not just about how you acquire the player, but he does need a good corner in that, that system. So uh, I would love to see a corner there available, whether it's Sauce Gardner, 
I, I still believe in Derek Singley Jr. I might be the only person left <laughs> on that boat, but I still believe in a player that is that athletic and had that ability as a true freshman at LSU to be the best defensive back in the nation. I still believe that that he just needs to be in the right situation, basically. And I, I do think that the Robert Sala's defense would be that situation. It's interesting. I think Jets fans would counter and they say Sherman was a fifth round pick. But like you said, right. it doesn't matter where you get the guy. You got to get the guy. There's no doubt about that. Why are there questions about Stingley? Well, I think, you know, he played 10 games in the last two years, didn't have an interception. So that's a big part of it. You know, obviously 2020 was a shortened year because of COVID. Uh, 2021, he gets hurt, and it's an injury that's keeping him from working out at the combine, right? So that's where your concerns come in more than anything. But, you know, there's no there's no character concerns. It's not an injury that you expect to be career-shortening. Listen, these guys were told two years ago, right, that you're eventually going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft. You're a true freshman at LSU. You're shutting down Jamar Chase in practice. You're going to be a top five pick. And I think once he got hurt, I'm I'm imagining here, I'm not reporting. Sure. It, it would be hard at 21 years old when you've been told $35 million is waiting for you, just don't get hurt. And then you do get hurt. And I think it, it's human nature to be careful and to be safe. And it is very hard for me to punish a young man for that win. They have the dream that they've been waiting for their whole life right in front of them. You get hurt. I, I think it's understandable to throttle down a little bit. Um, I, I think the question is, can he throttle back up? I believe he can. Aquano was so impressive today. I had never heard him speak. I'd seen the film clips and read the bio. Wow, man. He comes around, uh, comes across as a well-rounded individual, loves football, who's mm-hmm. going to fit in the room, who wants to get better, who knows the scouting report is you're a great run blocker. You got to refine some things as a pass blocker, but it, it, he was so impressive. He's impressive on the field as well, right? <laughs> uh, I think what, what I love most about him, like you said, he's he's almost mild-mannered in person. On the field, he's just a mauler. Like He plays angry yeah. and aggressive and tough, and I, I do think you're right. There are areas he has to get better. I think too often people hear that and think, oh, that means he's not good. No, it just means he has to get better at some things, right? And he has the tools to get better. He's working with Duke Mannyweather and the OI Masterminds group leading up to the draft. They're going to fix a lot of those problems, right? The, or even deficiencies, not so much problems. So I do think the Icky is uh, sky's the limit for him. You know, and the, uh, the problem for Jets fans, I told Damian Woody this today, he might not be there at four. He might go one. He might go one. He might go three, you know, if the Texans trade right. Laramie Tunsil. So the good news is I think at four, you're in a situation where either – Evan Neal's there, Icky's there, Aiden Hutchinson's there, or Kyle Hamilton's there. And, and there's not a there's not a bad pick if with those four players. So I think you are in a spot where one of those four players will be there. That's guaranteed, right? That's pretty good. So Robert Sala said, yeah, premium positions, we know what they are, quarterback, cornerback, and edge rushers. With that being said, don't be afraid to take a player who's a unicorn-type player yeah. who's so much better than everybody else. Kyle Pitts last year went yeah. fourth overall at a position that people say is devalued and you don't get rookie production out of and you'd never draft a tight end in the top five. To that I say, Kyle Pitts isn't a tight end. He's a pass catcher. He's an offensive weapon. Kyle Hamilton is not just a safety. He's not just a linebacker. He's a defensive chess piece. And I think we saw that with Derwin James. We saw it with Isaiah Simmons. Maybe they haven't played up to that level due to injury or, or Isaiah Simmons is still a young developing player. But I think right now it's 
we have to look at Kyle Hamilton as a football player, not a position. This is not Madden. You know, we don't have to lock him into that. You can only play single high safety or you can only play in the box. Like, no, man, we're going to move you around. If we're playing the New England Patriots, you're going to cover John Hugh Smith. You know, if we're playing the Miami Dolphins, you're on Mike Gusecki. Right. You're playing a team with a mobile quarterback like Josh Allen. You're spying Josh Allen. You know, it's, it's that ability to make him a matchup player is what would be so exciting about that to me. So you're thinking one of those four, let the board come to you. That's what I would do. Yeah. yeah. And and the same at 10. Like, I don't think you have to be super aggressive. Let Joe be Joe, right? Yeah. Let him, let him draft, let him set the board. And there is some concern. I think you have to start to look at this roster. Okay. You got Zach for three to four more years on a very affordable contract. Mm-hmm. You, you do want to be aggressive, but you still have to draft well. And I think having that capital of two picks in the top 10, like, you should be walking away with two pro bowlers, right? That should be the goal for, for Jets fans and for the Jets front office. You have top 10 picks. Those guys should be pro bowlers. You just got to get it right. All right. So let's just say you don't address receiver after 10. Uh, who would you like at the top of the second round if you went in that direction? That's the direction I would go. Okay. Um, I, I think that they're, this is a great receiver draft. Someone's going to slip, whether it's one of the injury guys from Alabama. Jameis Williams won't make it to the second round, unfortunately. Sorry, guys. But, you know, John Mechie could be there. Uh, I do think that's a possibility. Depending on how, you know, we're sitting here, the, the receivers are about to run. Depending on how Chris Olave runs, he could be a player that could be there at the top of the second round. I think a lot of people look at mock drafts and rankings, and they're like, no, that player will never be there. Well, A.J. Brown was the second-round pick. Debo Samuel was the second-round pick. Tyler Boyd was the second-round pick. You can get very good receivers at the top of round two because guys – do tend to slip it happens every year and so it will most likely happen again this year where you can get a very good receiver at was is it 35 yeah i, I believe it is oh, 35 at the top of yeah. the second round yes hey i wanted to ask you about trailing burks it's so productive in the yeah. sec totally different player than elijah moore but i'm saying like you think about the alabama receivers first obviously banged up and we'll have to see what their status is but uh some people have compared him a little bit to Debo Samuel in terms of you can use him all over the place. Right. Well, what can you tell me about Burks? He's a lot bigger. Uh, yes. That's the thing. 6'3", 225. Uh, interestingly enough, he was up to 240, uh, completely changed his diet, like fixed his physique, right? Now he's this chiseled 225 and a great runner after the catch. He's physical at the catch point. I think he's a little more A.J. Brown than he is Debo Samuel. Okay. But like you would take that, right? A player who is going to dominate on slant routes. He's going to out-position defenders. But then he's going to give you that juice after the catch to make chunk plays. And I do think that is what's missing. The, the thing about Elijah Moore and Traylon Burks is they're both tough. Like, they're very physical. They have that mindset of, I'm not going down on first contact, and I'm going to score when I catch the ball. Right. That's what you want, I think, with a, with a young quarterback. Yeah, and especially a young quarterback who, uh, we said it last year, right? He loves that YOLO ball. Like, I'm just going to throw this thing up there, and my guy's going to go get it. Traylon Burks is going to help with that. Where do you stand on the tight ends? Uh, I think it's a very deep class. I don't love it. I don't yeah. think, you know, I think Trey McBride's really good. I think Greg Dolce, Dolce excuse me, uh, from UCLA, UCLA, very good. Um, after that, you know, Isaiah Likely is a good player. The, this is a deep tight end class. I don't know that I would be in a huge rush to draft one at 35. I think in round three, you can get a good player, right? A quality player who could be a starter for a long time. If you're the Jets, maybe address tight end in free agency and then come back at some point in the draft and get somebody. Yeah, I, I don't think you have to have one, right? You right. can address it in a couple of different ways, especially, you know, maybe maybe in free agency you get you get a pass blocker or a run blocker, excuse me. And then in the draft you go more of an athlete, more of a move tight end. You know, I, I think that there are a couple of different ways to figure that out. All right, dude, it's been great seeing you. Uh, I'm going to leave you on this one. 
Second, third, fourth round. What position groups am I watching out for? Man, as I, we get deeper in the draft. Yeah, I think safety. Obviously, yeah. with Marcus being a free agent, that is a huge area. Um, I, I think even running back. I'm a big Michael Carter guy, yep. but I do think there's an opportunity to add someone who is a dynamic pass catcher to give you more of a third down back, quote unquote, or even just a rotational guy. So I, I think I would be looking at corner. I'd be looking at safety, running back. And I still think, you know, the offensive line, we expect at least one of those top 10 picks to be spent on the offensive line. There's no reason that the, we couldn't see that again in the yeah. middle of rounds. I'm a big believer in Elijah Vera Tucker. I think he's going to be a great player. But, you know, there's five, though. You need five offensive linemen, right? And I, I think there's question marks at a, at a couple of those spots. Good seeing you. We'll be watching you. We'll be reading you on ESPN. And congrats, Thank you, man. guys. Appreciate it.